0: he does he does three things that i know of three he does more than three things but three things that are um deeply connected with the crossfit ecosystem he has he's a crossfit affiliate owner yeah of how many years um 10 plus damn yeah crossfit affiliate owner of 10 years he is a Founder and current—I um, don't know what, what the word is—but he's the founder of a program that is available to anyone in the world, any entrepreneur who wants to run a business, yep. but but specifically towards CrossFitters who um, want to get assistance with running their affiliate. Okay. Yep. And the third thing that I that I see him as, which I. I find very, very cool um, and profoundly interesting is he works with people who have um, brain injury or who brains, whose brains don't function like a regular person's and uses the CrossFit methodology and uses movement to um, and diet to better their lives. Yep. And then of course you do other shit too. You're a parent and you're an author Mm -hmm. and you ride bicycles, I found out. Yeah. <clears throat> and you're Canadian.
1: <laughs> and he is also the purveyor of a podcast with over 100 episodes. Oh, who cares? Almost, 92. <laughs> who gives a fuck <laughs> about that? Did you
2: include journal, journal writer?
0: Journal writer, author. Uh, I just threw author.
2: He's been contributing Since to the journal for years.
3: Yeah. Yeah. 2006, I think, was our first journal article.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, do you remember the name of it?
3: Um, it, yeah, it'll come to me. It it was all about, um, adherence, like how often people come and, and how to improve it.
0: Oh, so, so that's been your focus for a long time.
3: That was the first thing we ever studied that brought us to CrossFit actually.
0: Do you hear guys hear that
2: knocking
3: sound? I did. Yeah.
0: What is that? How can we hear that? Your office is over there and, and you're not in it.
2: Right. They're doing construction right next to me.
0: <laughs> come in. <laughs> I want to try to keep the posi- the podcast super positive. As I was thinking about some of the stuff I wanted to talk to you about today, Chris, it was going to be like really easy to get negative, and I want to try not to do that. Um, yeah. Are you going to keep me in check, Matt? I like that. What better. kind of stuff? What do you mean? <laughs> uh, yeah. now, now I'm curious. You're not helping. Where were you going to go? Um... <laughs> Chris, give me an example of one of the clients you
3: work with that's had um, dramatic brain injury. Can you do that? Can you share some stories? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so one, I can I can give you initials instead of names. Is that okay? Sure. T S. Yeah. yeah. T S. was in a traumatic car accident when he was about six. Uh, his older sister was in the front seat. She died. Uh, he was in the back seat with a younger sister. They survived. Uh, the mother's been in a state of severe depression ever since. Obviously, uh, he's now twelve. And so um, he sustained a traumatic brain injury that they didn't think would let him finish school. The insurance company was motivated enough at, by the thought of paying this kid out over the next 70 years to want to try uh, our program. And so they, they brought the kid in. Uh, now- about, How
0: do they hear about your program?
3: Uh, so they were referred by a registered healthcare provider who's a speech pathologist. One of the things they were doing with TS was speech pathology. Um, but that wasn't enough. I mean, that doesn't actually improve cognition. Was that person, was that speech provider? She's a CrossFitter. Fitter.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what doesn't get
3: it. It's all word of mouth. Yeah, that's right. It's all gotta be CrossFitters. Yeah. She's okay. a CrossFitter. She still is. Okay. Uh so T S came in, started doing some stuff, and his focus improved. Um the insurance companies are really. And how do you how did you test that? Uh there's a there's a battery of tests that you can use. Um there's some daily things that we would try. With him, how old was he when he came in? He was seven, seven or eight when he started. So a year or two uh, after his accident. yeah, okay. So we started placing a coach with him at school for three hours a day uh, to work on that stuff, and then he will come to the gym usually about twice a week. They live quite a ways from the gym. and then the our coach started going to their house to do stuff during the summer because he'd backslide so much during summer vacation that he really couldn't take a break. But now he's if you met him, you wouldn't know that he has a brain injury but he really has to stay ahead of it. And he always will.
0: No kidding. You wouldn't even know.
3: So, and how's the mom still very depressed. Did she ever pick up CrossFit? No, she needs to next. Uh, And the the home diet is very bad because of her state. The kid will like many days he'll make his own lunch and I'm doing air quotes here, but he'll um, he'll just take like half a box of Oreos and shove them in a bag so our job this summer, when we opened up the kitchen and, you know, brought in-
0: Is his diet bad and, and he's obese or he's just- bad He's not diet. obese at all. It's just a bad diet. Just, just a bad should, diet. Okay, okay. Yeah.
3: Very hard for him to focus because of that. But right. So this summer, uh, it was our goal to get the kid uh, making healthy choices on his own. So whenever he was at our gym, next door to the gym, there's a kitchen with a chef. And, and so they would take him, uh, they, he would do his workout. They'd walk to the grocery store. He'd be given a budget. So he's working on math. He buys the ingredients and they make a meal together that he would take home. Is he back in- Is this part
2: of your, sorry, is this part of your, is the the kitchen part of your gym? Yeah. That's That's amazing. And you
3: developed a protocol for healing him? We tied a lot of different elements together
0: that nobody had done before. I want to go back to something you said. How is, can you explain to me how um, diet affects focus?
3: Yeah. So, I mean, it is related to blood sugar, but different- different uh, like levels of sugar will trigger different responses in chemicals in the brain, right? So um, you can have kind of a, a different chemical response to sugar, for example. So if you feed your kid a Pop-Tart in the morning, what's going to happen is their blood sugar will spike and then insulin will kick in, as you all know, and you become hypoglycemic. Well, that really negatively affects your ability to concentrate. You start to get drowsy, you lose attention, that uh, slows recall speed, so if you're taking a test, you're not gonna be able to remember facts and numbers, but it also impairs your ability to store information and form uh, synapses, which is kind of like the roadmap to that information in your brain. Uh, also, if you're eating like a high carb, low fat diet, that really impedes your ability to do the same thing. And if you're not getting exercise, then you're not creating enough uh, brain derived neurotrophic factor to reinforce those memories over the long term.
0: So I so I don't listen to Rush Limbaugh, but he's a successful radio host. Yeah. And when I think of him, I think of him as being uh, morbidly obese, um, probably having a horrible diet, although I don't see what he eats. But I also think of him as being witty and sharp and on his game and just like, you know, just vicious, so. Just, it, and you would think that from what, listening to what you're saying, and, and from you know our, my own personal experience of eating a donut or two in my lifetime, you'd think that a shitty diet or someone who's fat wouldn't wouldn't have the that skill set. Mm-hmm. But we're remarkably resilient. And you can still be witty and sharp. Would he be that much more witty and that much more sharp and that much more of a character if he if he changed his diet to eggs and spinach and uh, uh, avocado?
3: Well, I would, it's, that's something I would love to believe, uh, but you know, there are always going to be outstanding performers cognitively as well as physically, you know, some of the top athletes in the world have shitty diets.
0: Right. And we might see it later on in their life anyway. Like it's something to exactly. catch up with you.
3: Yeah. Is this kid, um, T.S., is he back in school, like a regular school? Absolutely, yeah. He goes to school all day. Uh, One of our coaches goes with him for the morning still, but he'll be moving to high school next year, and his insurance company is now making a case to say, um, we're going to settle. He's going to be fine. Uh, So we think the family will accept a a $3 million offer just to settle and be done. Where before the parents were saying, no, no, we're never going to settle because he's always going to need support that would far exceed $3 million over his lifetime. And now it looks like they might do it, so uh it, when this has happened with us in the past the, the parent has great intentions in the beginning we're going to keep him coming to the gym we're going to keep doing this stuff, and then they always just drop off because now
1: it's they're spending their own money yeah, I think having that coach come to come to the school has got to be a huge part of the it's huge yeah I mean that's half her job is
0: How weird is that though when when you say that um it it it, it almost it's a little bit contradictory, I think, to you saying that I wouldn't know that he's had some trauma because if I see if I'm 12
3: years old and I see you got some adult tagging you around at school I know something's wrong with you right well if you saw him on the soccer field and had a conversation with him you would never know okay if you went into his math class and looked at his work compared to the other kids you would say there's a delay here maybe okay but he's he's rapidly catching up uh and you know more importantly like he's a piece of his brain dead did a piece of his brain is he functioning without a full brain no so there was just so much trauma that you lose coordination You know it's like having uh, a million cells that no longer talk to one another okay and that's really what exercise can do is rewire strengthen those new connections uh, and it really speeds that process up
2: you know you know what it's like Uh, you you probably saw the the video we did on Catherine yeah Uh, Catherine Lawson Rob Lawson from the seminar department his sister same thing traumatic brain injury that
0: was uh, the the woman in the UK
2: yeah yeah in in Wales she's from Wales for anyone listening or watching, if you haven't seen that video, go look it up in the journal. It's an amazing video on Catherine. Say the name. What's the name of the video again? Catherine.
0: Catherine's story.
2: And bring a box of Kleenex. It. Bring a box of Kleenex. Sorry, um, I'm fidgeting over here. It'll be here. linked in the, the abstract. Sorry, Sorry. Sorry. I, don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, but same thing. She, her, her. It's the connections just aren't aren't there, and right. when she started, she couldn't she couldn't do an air squat you know on her own because
0: but, of, because of traumatic shit that happened in her life she was a perfectly normal woman and then she was attacked by yeah the, she
2: was involved in a tragic incident was, yeah, beaten within an inch of her life it would yeah you know, she found in a ditch like it was bad it was really bad um domestic uh violence basically
0: chris um, um last night um we went out to dinner with you you showed up to town you flew in from Canada Yep. and then um and you didn't have your cell phone on you and then this morning at breakfast, you didn't have your cell phone on you. And then as we were starting the podcast, there was some talk about like Matt was like saying he's not going to text anymore during the podcast, and, <laughs> and and you didn't have your phone with you. And then you went over and got your phone. Oh, you're
1: charging your phone. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. Off. Same here, face
0: down. <clears throat> is um are you part? Are you is that are are you, are you like old school? Or are you part of that generation that's like, hey, like did you not bring your cell phone to dinner on purpose last night because you're trying to be respectful, or did you not bring it to breakfast this morning because you're trying to be? Because that seems like something my mom would do. You know what I mean? Well, there was a generation where that was the way to be.
3: I'm trying to be respectful and attentive, but I know it's infinitely harder if my cell phone is in front of me.
1: Hey, if if you're with this group, it's not disrespectful. It's just normal. Yeah, so you are – it's a – how old are you? 42. Yeah.
0: You're you're kind of on the cusp. I mean, you're almost young enough to where it's okay to text in the middle of a conversation. Well, I I mean, there's (laughs) – I see it's myself. great that you don't want
2: that to be okay, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't
0: want it to be okay. And Tyson is the gentleman in the group, by the way. Matt and I are. It goes into gentleman, sort of gentleman, not so much. That's fine. Okay, I'll take fine. that. You're, wed, you're wedged in between Tyson. and I don't Matt know now. what he's okay. saying about
2: me, but they are heathens. So I will say that. <laughs> okay, go on. So tell Carnal me, man. So, so what's going on? Why, <laughs> well, if you
0: from from the brain guy? Why 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 are you trying to act mature and not act mature? And yeah. Not, and if not, I act uh, mature, I'll become mature. Yeah. <laughs>
3: So your your brain is trained just like your body. I mean, if you bind one leg to the other, then you'll learn to walk with a limp. And if you are constantly checking your phone, then you'll learn to constantly check your phone and, and you'll degrade your attention, focus, and memory. And I, I really exercise to improve my attention, focus, and memory because uh, with so many things that I do, there's a lot on the line and I have to make decisions really quickly. I have to remember facts and data really quickly. And um, so... I know that if my phone is on me all the time, I won't get as much out of this conversation as I'd like to. I like that.
0: I like that. It's it's like it's like constantly being in practice, constantly being in training. I don't like the answer where it's like, "Hey, can you be okay with your oh, being away from your electronic device for 12 hours?" blah blah. blah. It's like I like it better the way you're saying it. You do it as, as a practice. It's nothing against cell phones. It's nothing against the technology. It's nothing against the screen. It's nothing against texting. It's just that it's part of your practice. You don't, want to, you don't want it to be an automated distraction to go to your phone. And one way you can do that is just leave it in your bag.
3: Yeah, I won't say that I'm good at it, <laughs> um, but I'm practicing that's
0: all on your phone what are the biggest distractions do you are you is it email is it inst- is it social media is it yeah, texting
1: your kids open it's, it's uh, what
3: I, I have too many channels open all the time it's text slack facebook messenger email all the time
1: yeah see i would argue that makes you a
3: multitasker there's no such thing as multitasking there's just single <laughs> tasking done very poorly
2: <laughs>
1: oh, i'm gonna stick with multitasking it,
3: yeah. And then, and, then, and then you saw um, we
0: received this new charger in the mail, and that sort of enticed you to. Well, hell, might as well. Well, jump. nobody
1: can resist a new charger. I might so as well. As soon as it starts.
2: I didn't see this new charger, but yeah, right I'm certainly jealous that I'm not plugged in charging. I don't know if it's actually working, but I am You not turn teach on
0: a s- class yep. on how to improve business. Improve business. Yep. Chris Cooper teaches a class on how to
3: improve business.
0: And. Um, How many times a year do you teach that class?
3: Well, so we have an ongoing curriculum uh, and we call it a mentorship practice, which is a combination of online learning, you know, through through an online platform and one-on-one mentorship. It's not really consulting as much as it is guiding somebody on a path and then supporting their journey. And that happens 350 clients per year, about one new gym signs up a day. So,
0: okay, so I think something got conflated here. Do you actually sure. teach a class where like you're standing like that like in this picture I see you standing in front of a group of people. Yeah and how rarely. often do you, rarely yeah so like maybe is that once or, once or th- twice a year? okay And is that and then from there a certain a certain number of people from there will see your presentation and decide to jump on board and have the more intimate relationship
3: mentorship which is called the two brain business. That's right. Yeah. So uh, for years, I thought that running a seminar was the best way to, to get people to have a more profitable gym. And, and I did that for five or six years, um, but it's not because you're just dumping massive amounts of information. Right. So, you know, the the best fitness seminar is the CrossFit level one. But if you called somebody two weeks after the level one and said, make a bullet point list of all the stuff you learned, uh, they would struggle to hit 50%. Unfortunately, you know, I've done the level one four times now, and I can't—I couldn't tell you the list. Why have you done it four times? I keep failing. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> just my renewals. first renewals—you've <laughs> been at it long enough. Yeah, and renewals. I mean, I did my first one in 07 um, and then I had to renew again around 2011. Then I got to do one once with the journal I was covering, uh, Chris Stoutenburg, the first man in a wheelchair to complete his L1, and then I just got to redo it again about a year ago. Um, one of my one of my coaches was taking it, and I said, you know what? I might as well go too. So I just did.
0: And what's your review of it, your fourth time?
3: Uh, fourth time is closest to the first time. It's it's gotten the fun back again, and uh, the important information is highlighted.
0: So. Do, you, do you remember the workouts you did? Uh,
3: the first time? Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. No, I mean this last fourth time. Uh, yeah, so there was a, a variation of Fran. It was 21-15-9 thrusters, burpees. Um, there was a... Med ball, probably clean, the med, med, ball, med ball, clean sit one, up. sit up one. Yeah, that's right. They're Are right you a there. three on one off guy, pretty religiously? No, I go um, I go Monday through Friday with my noon group. Okay. So I don't I don't coach in my gym except for Saturday mornings. But I attend with my noon group Monday through Friday, and then I usually cycle on the weekends. So you mean steroids cycle what are you talking <laughs> about yeah so I sl- no I ride a
0: bike oh, oh cycle Oh, cycle oh so when we go riding tomorrow you're gonna have a little something for us no
1: yeah, you were keeping quiet wow well I brought you it up because <laughs> <I> wow wow thought- <laughs>
3: I brought it up because I just bought 10 bicycles from my gym, thinking like I'm going to incorporate this into the plan. Because uh, you're
0: good at it. You're stacking the cards. Oh, <laughs> yeah. All we do
3: is deadlift and ride bicycles <laughs> in my gym. Totally. Yeah. Uh,
0: okay, so you're, you're, fi- you're five on, um, two off basically. When you did the L, so, so you work out regularly. You're, yeah, you're, 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 I try to. You're a nut and um, you're healthy. And when you did the seminar the fourth time where you sore.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, that's cool. Part of that, that is, is cool. I like to hear that. Part yeah. of, really, of really that cool. is the stress hormone of just anticipating, I'm going to do this workout with strangers and friends, and I'm excited. And so you're excreting this extra cortisol, and that's going to make you more sore later too. But
1: Is that true what he's saying, guys? I don't know. That, yeah. yeah. I would verify it, but I'm not using my phone. But yeah, it gives a thumbs up. Yeah, that's why there's no the phones the here. Guy in there. That's the no. Club. I don't think that's so. so that's, I'm that's, gonna go with that. I don't your think your
0: so. L1 is like the CrossFit Games for you. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, um, you do the, you do the class a couple times a year mm-hmm. in person. Then there's the online mentorship. You have 350 people sign up. Yeah, is, is that can you do? Is that because that's how many have signed up, or you cap it at 350? We're
3: gonna cap it at 500 for for good. Okay. Um, so we keep growing the mentoring team because we'll we'll discover maybe a gym owner has a particular skill set, or maybe they can relate better to other people or in a different way than I do. And so we keep training them to mentor others too, and we keep bringing them up through the system. Um, but now what we're seeing is I have so many entrepreneurs in my gym who can learn the same lessons that we had to learn in a CrossFit gym um, that we're working with with outside entrepreneurs a lot more. And that's going to give us the opportunity to bring them back to CrossFit. Of these
0: 350 clients, how many of them are CrossFit gyms?
3: 340, 320 to 340. What are the others? Uh, pretty diverse, actually. One is a, a medical doctor who's trying to um, leave a, a bigger mark in the world. There's a couple of chiropractors. Uh, I can think of a physiotherapist. Uh, but there's
1: a registered dietitian who's building her practice too, and... Um, yeah, there are software so companies you could, in there. you could say that the two main business is a generic approach to entrepreneurship.
3: Yeah. So the original lessons were generic lessons. And then I had to apply them specifically to my gym. Um, so what happened is around 2009, I realized that I was like in danger of losing everything. My my gym was almost bankrupting me. And a friend of mine working at a local incubator said, I can get you X many sessions with this with this amazing mentor. So th- this guy, he kind of came in like Lee Iacocca to our town and instead of getting he do, paid- they don't, He doesn't know who he is. Lee Iacocca? No. Uh, He's too young. When, when Iacocca went back to Ford to be its CEO, he took shares in lieu of payment. He only got paid a dollar his first year, but he took shares and then cashed out as like a multi, multi-millionaire. Chrysler. I, Chrysler, right, Yeah. So yeah, Be,
0: between the two of us, we'll let you know who he is. Exactly. Were, you, were you reading the Wikipedia
1: page last night? Anyway, yeah, I didn't remember it, obviously. <laughs> he I was, was looking he, at my phone. He
0: was like the Warren Buffett bef- 10 years before. Right. Yeah, he's like he was our Warren Buffett. Yeah.
1: Hey, this, so, was
2: this story, just, just to paint the picture, this was pre-CrossFit, right? No, So
0: no, 2009. He had, had a
3: gym for two years, I think, right?
2: Yeah, so did I... did you like start as like a,
1: almost like a Globo?
3: I had a personal training studio in 2005. Okay. So this and is then okay. yeah, in two thousand seven we affiliated. Us yeah, I can verify that. Catalogs. I was actually
1: just listening to your podcast about thirty minutes ago. Perfect. Yeah. Gotcha. So, um, so can you get
3: it? me verified on
1: Instagram? It's uh, it's in the mail.
0: All right. <laughs>
1: Tyson needs <YouTube. laughs> to. I don't know what that. Means. I've been
0: asking him <laughs> to get verified for like a year now, and he's. You know what he told me? Two years um i need to start taking um selfies with porn stars that was i
1: I said that would help is that the fast track Uh, you know take it for what it's worth (laughs)
0: anyway verified (laughs) when you get the little blue check mark next to your name okay right perfect okay so do you remember where we were yeah Yeah. the gym wasn't doing well
3: so um i i hired this mentor the guy was you know pretty amazing he's actually mentioned in a couple of huge business books like good to great and, uh, I said, the way that I'm going to justify this is I'm going to blog everything this guy tells me, I'm going to totally rip them off and I'm going to publish it for free on a, an ad called don't buy or a blog called don't buy ads.com. And, uh, Lizbeth Darsh started reading the blog and publishing it on the old affiliate blog. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that got a lot of attention. Um, that turned into a book, the first book, and then a book for you, a book, you know, No, it's a funny story. So uh, after about two or three years of just blogging every day for free, I got invited to present at an affiliate seminar. And Ben Bergeron was going and Forrest Walden, who founded Iron Tribe, or I shouldn't say founded is the wrong word, but anyway. Converted? Yeah, sure, (laughs) sure. So uh, I knew Ben was going to show up with this big staff manual, so I said I need a book. So I took the top maybe 15 blog posts from the, the site and said, how can I photocopy these? A photocopier is
1: a machine that like duplicates. <laughs> oh, is that like a fax machine? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. before that. <laughs> I, think, I think I've heard of those.
3: So um, I was trying to find a Kinko's in Fort Lauderdale where I was giving the seminar. And I realized it would be easier if I just called it a book and had the, the book publishing company shipped to the location. It'd be cheaper and I wouldn't have to carry it. And that's... Uh, Sounds expensive. Uh, yeah, I I only printed about twenty copies. Maybe two of them were picked up, and Ouch. I I hand drew the cover. It was a green guy with a brain, and <laughs> um, and now uh, without any edits, that's the best selling fitness business book of all time. Really? Yeah. <laughs> There's no page numbers in it. There's no chapters. Did, did you
0: ever? Did you meet this guy? This um, this what? This this guy who is in good to great. This the oh yeah
3: yeah in person many times and i still call him and how did he feel about you just just ripping him off he was cool with it he liked it he understood what abundance meant that this knowledge was out there and that until it was specifically applied to me and coached that it didn't matter if i ripped him off what's his name his name is uh dennis Turcott. is he canadian
1: yeah wow yeah so and so and so that was the business took a turn there
3: well i started to get some attention and then uh, i was invited to start a business mentoring program oh for, yeah wait hold on before okay. you go there chris okay so I,
0: th- I think what matt's asking is is okay so oh, your gym. G- your gym is yeah, hurting no, and like, you're being recognized as sort of a as a leader in giving advice on how to run a good gym before your your gym was even turned around and being no, so good
3: no so it was turning around and i okay. was really documenting that Okay. Um and there were a lot of misses in there too, don't get me wrong, but when um as the gym was turning around, I was really recording the process of what did it. So, and that was the blog.
0: Okay. Okay, you, sorry. Okay. for a couple
2: of years you said. 4 years.
0: Yeah. 4 years. Okay. So t- till 2013. because that 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 is the question that is the question, right if you're gonna be the one up there giving advice to these gyms, what makes you the person that's worth listening to yeah. and and you know the common thing is you know you see those infomercials hey how to get rich off of um buying and selling <laughs> real estate yeah, and I just I, I just never buy it because I think that that guy why isn't that guy just doing that? why is he sharing that information why is he having people added to the marketplace you know right like, why doesn't he just do that okay so this guy's never run a gym before, but he's a successful business guy and he has some really, really overarching principles that lead to a successful business. And yeah. you are taking them and not only blogging them, but sort of translating them so that they're applicable to CrossFit gyms. Exactly. Vis-a-vis your gym. Yeah. I don't know if I use that right, vis-a-vis. It confidently delivered. My dad. <laughs> I, just, I just channeled my dad.
3: Um, and you start getting attention. That's right. Okay, so that's where we are in the story. Okay. Yeah. So we start getting attention and nobody's saying like when you how say we, who are you talking about? You're just me. trying to be humble? Okay. I am trying to be okay. humble. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um so you know, nobody is saying is Catalyst the most profitable gym in the world, but they are saying Hey, why isn't this guy working an 80-hour week anymore? Um, you know, and and I shared some really personal stuff on there too, like, you know, Robin and I, my wife, you know, fighting over the her buying the expensive brand of cheese and and bouncing paychecks and all kinds of stuff. Uh, and suddenly that wasn't happening anymore. And and so the the gym owners who who saw that in themselves said, "Well, how did you fix that?" And then it became uh them sharing stories with me. And me saying, well, why don't you try this? And then measuring that result. So now you've got kind of this this petri dish of maybe five or 10 gyms trying stuff. And okay, that that works. And this doesn't work outside Catalyst, okay. And now what it's become is, um, can we track enough data across a broad enough sample of gyms where we feel confident saying, here's what the data supports as a best practice? And and that can differ. And that's why it's a mentoring practice. And so
0: that, the st- there was a first stage of data gathering, which was like For this, this four-year stage, yeah, and that, and then there's a, it's, 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 I guess there's a phase two. That's right. So
3: is a good way to look at it from 2013 to the present. We're 2018, two about sixteen, yeah, and then then I went off uh, and started twobrainbusiness.com, and you wait, you started what twobrainbusiness.com, and now before is that what we're looking at here? yep Okay. Exactly. Um, and now before. I'll offer a free call to any gym that needs it. I've done about 1,200 now. Uh, but before they do that, they have to give me their metrics so that I can I can give them my best 30 minutes knowing some context on where they're coming from.
0: What's in the green bags there
3: on the stage? Um,
0: Are those gifts people gave you or you give those out? I give them out. Okay. Have and you
1: always been an so ankle sock guy?
3: Since I was born. Okay.
1: Yeah.
3: You don't want to hide those calves. He's wearing them yeah, now. He's wearing, wearing now. them now. I switched since I started riding a motorcycle. I'm a full on. Yeah. Oh wow. Well, that's like, why I stopped because they catch in my bicycle chain ring.
1: Oh, high there socks. You go. Even yeah. even as a deadlifter like pre-2010, you didn't have the high socks?
3: No, yeah. back then, nobody wore the socks. Like guys would go to powerlifting meets and they'd put duct tape up their shin. Oh. Yeah. Okay, hold hold that thought. Hold the let's go back to powerlifting for
0: a second yeah. here. Okay, hold this this affiliate running an affiliate talk how did you get into powerlifting i was are you still strong not really no um like could you lift more than matt's really fucking strong no. and so is tyson can you be not a chance
1: lifting? oh not a chance i think your deadlift's pretty good i've already mentioned uh, it like five it, times today oh, yeah, it's got yeah. to be oh, <laughs> i slid it in there no
3: not anymore
0: um <laughs> you mentioned deadlifting as much as matt picks up his cell phone
3: well i
1: yeah exactly you get that eric
3: I was uh I was cycling uh for work uh and then I was just tired of being kind of a skinny weak dude and, and How old were you? Maybe 20. Cycling uh, for transportation. N- no, no, I worked at a ski resort and they were trying to build up a mountain bike program and they okay. just said, "Hey, uh, you're the mountain bike guy, start traveling around and racing. Uh, you know, you leave tomorrow." And I had never really even been yeah. on a mountain bike before. And so, like two of my first Maybe five mountain bike rides were races. I was really bad at it, and then and would uh, they give you a jersey that had like the slopes name on it or something? Yeah, I'd say Searchmont. It's like a black jersey. You know, I mean, I'm getting a tan from these lights. You know, you can imagine me dying in this black Searchmont (laughs) jersey. But
0: it sounds like someone needed to go to your business seminar. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But anyway,
3: okay. So, so you're a bicyclist. You're feeling a little svelte. Svelte. Yeah. And uh, so I said, well, what's what's the polar opposite of what I'm doing right now? And Dave Tate had written this thing on T Nation about uh, the periodization Bible around 2001, and I had met him through an online discussion group uh, that was hosted by Mel Siff, started talking to him, read the article, and said, I'm just going to powerlift because now I'm working at both ends of the pole. And then uh, one day, a guy walked into the gym. He was waiting for his wife to give birth at the hospital and killing time with his two-year-old, and he... St- said yeah you know i'm a west side powerlifter. and what gym is this like a gold or something you belong to at the time yeah it was this really kind of it was a it was a cool gym uh it went bankrupt people in my town still talk about it and miss it and knowing what i do now i think i could have saved it but back then it was just like oh these guys are going to let me do personal training with my clients for free that's fucking awesome you know <laughs> and then it went away yeah so uh, so, I started powerlifting, competed for a couple of years, and then when I opened my CrossFit gym, I thought all my powerlifter friends are going to want to do this, and they all turned out to be um, less enthusiastic about did it. Did you I was, did you
0: do any um, drugs? Did you do nope. any
3: steroids or anything like that? No. Were you tempted? No, uh, because back then. Did anyone offer it to you? No. So that's why I wasn't tempted. No I guess. one's offered me <laughs> any. either. No. Yeah. Well, you're look at you, jacked enough. <laughs> Has anyone ever offered you steroids?
1: I don't even know what they look like.
3: Has anyone ever offered you performance enhancing drugs? Uh-huh. Back then, like powerlifting equipment was so novel that everybody was really excited about that and less so about drugs. So I would spend my last cent buying a new squat suit um, that I had no idea how to use. But yeah, no steroids. So,
0: so you powerlifted?
3: A few years, yeah. And then somewhere during your powerlifting, and what, what are you doing for a vocation? What are you doing to make money? back then yeah um, right. so I was a personal trainer since about 2001 uh, I was selling treadmills for a couple of years in there and then um, I the most I, dangerous piece of fitness equipment in the world I hear yeah well, I wasn't selling very many I was really bad at it uh, and so that was the first do you know anyone who's ever died on a treadmill I don't think so
0: but people die every year on them that? you want to hear a really sad story I'm pretty sure I saw that Mike Tyson's daughter died on a treadmill really yeah, um, the cord got wrapped heard. around her neck. Oh, like the emergency cord to stop yeah. it. Well, you see if that's oh. true though. It'd suck if I wow. said that and it's not true. Suck for you. Yeah, for your four-year-old. Yeah, I've never. I mean, I. I wish it wasn't true. Actually, it doesn't suck. That's if amazing. I said it. Yeah, right. they're, they're look like <clears> at.
2: <throat> wow, wow, it? I've never Crazy. once even heard. that. Oh, oh, that
1: that seems a little more believable now. What? Like an infant. I was thinking like a. like a teenager alright enough of that shit Eric
0: what are you doing making this depressing
3: yeah
0: yeah get back in line this is my job okay so so you're in your 20s you work at a ski resort that's fitness related you sell treadmills that's fitness related you get into powerlifting that's fitness related you
3: do personal training. Mm-hmm. That's fitness related. Did you enjoy personal training? I liked it a lot, but there was a, a really obvious ceiling that I was hitting, and I was I was popular in town. I was getting a lot of new clients, but I would literally work a thirteen hour day without a break, just back to back to back, and take home under two hundred dollars. And so when my wife said I want to stay home, we were we were pregnant. We had this brand new house. Um, she was making probably seventy thousand a year, and I was probably making about twenty, and I was working twice as much. So I said, the only option we have here is to open a gym. Uh, So I opened up a personal training facility and there was about a five or six year overlap with that in my CrossFit gym. Uh, The first few years, the PT facility was really paying the bills on the CrossFit gym until I figured that out.
0: PT facility, meaning you would lease it out to someone who does- No, I would work at them both. Oh, so you do that too? You're hands on, like, are you a chiropractor? No, PT in Canada is personal training,
3: not physiotherapy. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, Okay. and
0: when's the first time you hear this word crossfit how does that pop up on your radar uh
3: around 2006 there's back then uh everything was done on a discussion board there was no facebook or anything mm. and um somebody i think greg actually was in mel siff's super training group uh and you know these things were really clunky back then so you'd post a response and you wouldn't see it for 24 hours and uh, he was there for maybe about two weeks, and finally just got fed up with everybody and left.
0: Who did Greg? Yeah.
3: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> to the best of my memory, I mean that would have been two thousand one, probably two thousand two, and uh, so they were kind of deriding it. And
0: that must have been some great writing, Greg did. Oh yeah, it must have been just some articulate ass whooping he
2: gave people. It'd be in amazing there. to see yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, you can find it. If, you can, is it still out
3: there? Yeah, Eric. If you Google um, super training. Mel Siff, S-I-F-F, Greg Glassman. You'll see the archives. that I mean, is cool. And yeah. he since passed away, right? Mel Siff. Did he? he did. He did. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And actually, that that had a profound effect on me too. So when he died, um, Gray Cook took over, and the CSCS or the NSCA just kind of absorbed that whole group. And that was when I was feeling really disenfranchised with the NSCA. Blah blah blah. So around 2006, we said um, a bunch of crooks. Yeah. At that Are you time following
0: the case with CrossFit?
3: A little bit, but even then
0: It will blow it's 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 really unbelievable. Yeah. The the level of deception, manipulation, deceit, lying. Um, it is they're frauds. It's bad.
3: It's, um, it's interesting that you picked up on it so early, but sorry, go on. Well, so then their certification commission was being sued by their own board of governors. Of course, which didn't even make sense. Right, yeah. Of course. <laughs> so it's, it's like, a mess. Yeah. Um so we realized around 2006 that we had to to stay insurable, we had to get some new educational stream. And uh we were pretty skeptical of CrossFit to be honest with you. We um our first test was basically to prove that like constantly varied movement wouldn't be popular with our clients. And it backfired because the the clients in the test group told the clients in the control group and then they all wanted to do CrossFit instead of what we were doing. <laughs> that's <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah. So I mean, we don't want to be the control group this. anymore. Control group yeah, sucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Control group sucks. So um, yeah. And that's what I wrote up and, and submitted to the CrossFit journal. And so you affiliated? So we affiliated right away. Um, Kathy Glassman said, well, you can't be CrossFit Catalyst because Greg Everett is Catalyst CrossFit unless you can make a deal. And I said, what's his phone number? And he graciously said, yeah, absolutely. You can be CrossFit Catalyst. And we have been since. Did he say stay the fuck on your side of the border or anything like that? Or? <laughs> the border was mentioned. Absolutely. Yeah. The border was mentioned. So, yeah. So we affiliated then, but we still had the personal training studio separate from the CrossFit gym. And then we brought them together around 2010 when they were both profitable by that point. And then the next two or three years, things became increasingly difficult. So that I was on the road to recovery from 2010, 11 till about 2013. And uh, in 2013, I was starting to help other gyms who were in dire straits you know, kind of straighten things out and get on the road to business success. And then one day- uh, Are people failing because they lack common sense? Are
0: people failing? Is, it, is it, Are they easy fixes? Like, is no. there anything
3: you can share? No. Um,
0: Why? Because it's not easy in terms of they're easy, but they're behavioral pro- problems or awareness problems. They're not problems behavioral or, problems.
3: And they're not problems of passion. Everybody wants to succeed really, really badly. Uh, there's more on the line than money. It's the ability to save a person's life. Um, and if you go to business in two years, that, that opportunity is gone. Um, what we have to understand is that there is no common sense. Common sense is a projection of our psyche onto everyone else. We we think that everything that we've read, everyone has read. So you're saying it's overly subjective. It's a, it's a, everything's subjective. It's a moot point. Okay. Yeah. So if you're starting a brand new business and you're starting from a blank slate, you're going to have to find the borders of of that slate before you can make any progress. And and finding the borders means going to extremes on things. And it means paying way too much attention to the wrong stuff. So And showing some humility. It does, yeah, absolutely. So anyone who
0: succeeds who doesn't go through this process is sort of lucky.
3: I wouldn't say that. I, that For, maybe they're okay, just a survivor.
0: Or they're fortunate that they had the right protocol or personality or subjectivity to succeed without having doing some testing
3: yeah and i i feel okay saying like walking into a
0: sorry like walking into a dark room and there's an exit on the other side and it's completely black in there and making it to the other door without bumping into anything right you're fortunate
3: that's right yeah Yeah. okay and i'm comfortable saying that because i am very fortunate i've had oh it sounds like you bumped into a lot of walls
0: a lot of walls it sounds like your success success actually comes from not being lucky, that's right, and not being fortunate, and you basically felt around the borders. Yeah, it sounds. Like you took sl- it looks line. like yeah, it looks like you took a yeah. really slow route to success, but because you did that, you have awareness of the entire dark room, the pitfalls. Uh, uh,
3: yeah, I can tell you where the sharp objects are. That's for sure. Um, and so now, what we try to say to people is, you know, this is a this is a, an amazing entrepreneurial opportunity that CrossFit gives you, um, but you don't have to start with a blank slate. Maybe. And why you, is it amazing? Mm-hmm. Well, because it is an opportunity. When I graduated college, I told you this last night. Like, the teacher laid out two career paths for that me. That was the dinner that you missed, Matt. We had a we had beer at the bar. It was night. awesome. Oh, yeah.
1: that was traffic. Yeah. Okay.
3: So um, I wasn't there either. You had two options in the strength and conditioning field back then. You know, 1998. One was um, you could become a personal trainer and make your twenty thousand dollars a year. The other option was you could get your master's and teach people to become personal trainers and you might make $40,000 a year. (laughs) So with CrossFit, I mean, um, it gave you the entrepreneurial opportunity to kind of control your own destiny. The challenge is that um, it's very, very easy to start a CrossFit gym. It's very, very hard to keep a CrossFit gym going. In the beginning, your decisions are easy. They're templated. You know that you have to buy a rig. You know that you you need some wall balls. Um, but then on day two, what do you do? And so you start focusing on the things that you love and that you can control like your programming instead of focusing on, oh, I got to build people. You know, I got to control my cash flow. And I, we were just talking with Andrea uh, about this exact same thing. You know, she sees it in gyms too. So what we do is say- Andrea is the head writer here at CrossFit Inc. Um, We We don't want to give you a franchise, not by any means. We don't want to give you a filled in picture. We just want to say like- Um, you know, here's a template. And how thorough is your template? As thorough as people want it to be. So for example- Is it different?
0: Okay, go on. Let's
3: say that there's 3,000 decisions that you need to make uh, when you open your gym and there are 200 decisions you need to make every single day. Well, why don't we just take 199 of those decisions today and do them exactly the same way everybody else has done them? And then, and just make one decision. And then tomorrow we'll revisit one of the others. So you don't have to use the same on-ramping program that I do forever, but why not use it for the next three weeks while we unfuck something else, you know? And so what we find is like that gives people enough success. Um, Success precedes motivation. Then they have the motivation to continue and kind of not uh, carry on from there
1: yeah i think it makes it a little more digestible little chunks yeah. as opposed to just we're doing we're heading in the wrong direction with everything let's we'll just go about face and go the opposite direction it's like no let's make a gradual change
0: i'm finding it hard to part with my money to pay you to help me how do i overcome that like how do i is it is it like recovery? Like, how do I have the humility to be like, okay, Chris, here's my 500 bucks or whatever you charge. I don't know what you charge. Um, a lot do, more. What would you say? A lot more. A lot more. Okay. I, my business is already hurting. Mm-hmm. Is it? Is it? A, is it a hail mary to go with you? Is Sometimes it, is it, it a is. desperation move? Is it like? Oh, I mean, like, like how do I get over that
3: hump? It used to be, uh, but now there are other. There are consulting practices out there. I won't call them mentoring practices. uh, And some of them are really good. But what that does is it raises awareness in the market that as a business owner, I need to have a mentor. And this isn't really commonplace in the CrossFit market still, but in every other service industry, it's really common. And uh, as far as like a mass media uh, appeal goes, you start to see the word mentor a lot more. The problem is accessibility. So, you know, if I say mentor you know, or successful business person, you're going to go straight to the superstars. You're going to think of Gary Vaynerchuk and Seth Godin, but they're completely untouchable. You can't reach them. And so we want to bridge the distance between them by giving you somebody who's actually been there, um, who can give you like step-by-steps and talk you through situations because they've had those same things, um, but also do it in a way that's accessible. You're you on the phone every day for hours? Not anymore. So my my role okay. now is to remove Catalyst as the template for everybody else and instead look at the data and say what's the best practice that we can recommend um, to visit other affiliates. I fly around a lot and visit affiliates and, and uh, you know to bring affiliates to me, we have a new space just for that. One guy was in town, uh, Ken Andrewco, he's a great friend. He's on our mentoring team. He has a CrossFit membership of $2,400 per month for some of his clients. So I want to talk to him and say like, what value are you delivering for that and how do you present it?
0: That's just some of his clients. That's one of the options it's he one, has. One of his what's clients. The lo- <laughs> what's, the, what's the lowest <laughs> amount you can sign up for that gym? The cheapest uh, package? I'm not sure. It's Reebok CrossFit Ramsey. I'm going to bet it's around 280 So, wow. So he has a package you can sign up that's 280 a month. Yeah. And he has a package that you, that you can sign up that's 2400 a month. Yeah.
3: So most of us now will... So that
0: must involve like
3: a lot of hands-on feeding even yeah so in that case the client would uh you know ken or one of his trainers would call the client's secretary in the morning and say what time is available on his schedule today and then they would coordinate a car to pick him up bring him to the gym drop him off the trainer works with him for half an hour uh he takes his lunch with him that's been pre-delivered and goes back to work
2: This sounds like a program like catered to executives
3: exactly yeah I- and I mean, it's it's catered to this one guy and a lot of us do that
2: now. Yeah. Well, I don't know where exactly you plan on taking this, but... Um, Me neither. Yeah, so I have a question. Like, i I. <laughs> we're just heard, trying to find the exit. I am having owned an, uh, an affiliate, you know, uh, 10 years ago when nobody really knew, when none of us knew what we were doing.
4: Yeah, none of us did, no.
2: Um, when I first read your books, it was kind of a... <clears throat> I just couldn't believe how many mistakes you talk about in your book um that I had made. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I, yeah, I I screwed up there and yeah, I did that same thing." Um and uh you know, so I've, I've been a, a massive fan and anyone anyone that uh is either training or owns an affiliate, I I can't stop talking about thanks man. What you have to offer the affiliate community out there um but what what can you identify give us like the top 3 things you see affiliate owners doing wrong cuz i think it's important that we contextualize you know um what what mm-hmm. chris is bringing to affiliates like what are the what are the three major pitfalls you see affiliate owners doing
3: yeah so the number one still is trying to shoot for too many members so let's say that they 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 build their business model around having 300 members well if they fail they're screwed because they can't pay their bills. They can't make a living. They can't make the rent. And three years later, they're on the phone with me because their lease is up and they're not making any money. And their kids haven't seen them in three years, but if they succeed at getting 300 members, then what, then you need more space. Then you need uh, more coaches and you have a higher coach turnover rate. You have a poor retention rate. You're still probably not making any money. So the whole model of like, I'm going to, Get 300 members is flawed. Um, we're not a global gym. We're a coaching business, and if that's your model, you're gonna get smoked by Orange Theory and all the other knockoffs because they're they're gonna do branded intensity well.
2: Yeah. And what's interesting about what he's what he's saying is like that's exactly when I opened my gym. Um, that was my mindset to be successful back then. The 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 mark was a hundred members. You remember that? Oh yeah. You remember yeah, the hundred members? The 100, the 100 was 100 members. That was like, that was like the gold standard. But yeah. when I opened my gym, I didn't know the first thing about entrepreneurship. I was a good trainer and I I opened up the first affiliate in Salt Lake city. And you know, so that, that was like step one, like yeah, you talked about yeah. step one, open the gym, step two, day two, I need a hundred members. Yeah. Like, yeah. so it's, it's funny that he explains it like that because that's, and any affiliate owner who is listening to this i guarantee you <laughs> all had the same thought you know yeah, the 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 thought is members like it's it's just yeah. an, you, you whatever that number is it's yeah. probably changed over the years but it's it's not it's not as easy as that yeah i
1: feel like my affiliate is still trying to get that 100 uh, 100 member mark but they're wildly successful there so I mean, I mean that's meaning not
0: 100 members, but you're saying that number that would make them successful, like whatever if, it is. If, if that if it's is, I mean, so, so it's the way I'm looking
1: at this number of members is, if you have 300 people, there's 300 people paying X amount of dollars a month, right? And you've got this much cash coming in. But what you're saying is that that number is irrelevant. You can yeah. probably or
0: set the or set the number lower so that you're constantly succeeding. Yeah. Set your goal to 50, and then you'll hit it exactly and 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 you'll have a nut to crack every month that's manageable with 50 right that's right you won't you won't have a nut to crack every month that's 300 and then thus be miserable curmudgeon and sort of end up um, poisoning your own well yeah and you can make
3: enough money with what half a third of that we say 150 but honestly you should be able you should be profitable at under 50 Members, Alliance,
4: yeah.
0: Is, is there a number two and number three that comes in? Yeah, I don't I there, to, are, there are. What, what, for what sure. Are but the, I,
3: first, I want to hear Matt's definition of wildly successful because I, funny. I was a lot of clients thing. of any of any service business project millionaire status onto the owner of that business without yeah. really understanding what the costs are to run it.
1: Yeah. So in this case, my the affiliate that I go to, I wouldn't say that the wildly successful equates to rich or having an, an excess of cash on hand. But I look at how many members have been sustaining membership.
3: Yeah, that's a good metric for sure.
1: And also, I mean, I know everybody in my gym and I know their quality of life and everybody's quality of life is great okay. for the most part. So, yeah.
3: so let me give you an example. Oh, Tyson wants
0: to say and, some and smart ass shit. I just need, I just and I, to get and I belong <laughs> to an affiliate. I pay no, affiliate funny, dues.
2: It's funny because that's what I had, you know? Uh we had we had established that same kind of thing. We had a community that was second to none. Um we hit our you know, we hit the number, you know, the gold standard. But that didn't make we weren't we weren't profitable. <laughs> I'll say that.
1: Not not at all. Uh, you, you there wasn't uh, any positive cash flow?
2: Hardly hardly but 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 like per your metric that you explain we were very successful we had an amazing community that people knew each other intimately like really became really really good friends so you know per per, you know the way you're defining successful we had all of that same stuff but as a as an entrepreneur we i i wasn't making a lot of money (laughs) Okay. <laughs> the gym wasn't profitable it was you it need was to create it was an cruise. amazing place yeah yeah
0: do you have some great stories like that in your head it, it, have you seen just some gyms just turn around like follow some basic practices yeah and seen some remarkable turnarounds
3: yeah tons tons so even um,
0: staying in the same location
3: absolutely yeah and it's uh it's mindset and, and understanding what your client wants to, and actually, that was going to be my second point. Once
0: I become successful, do I have to? Do I, do I stay with you, or do I like shit, I milk that time to go?
3: Well, some people do change mentors. I have, uh, but the more successful you are, the more you realize that you need an outside observer making sure that you're doing the best thing for your time. Uh, a lot of us, when we get to the, a point where we're making, you know, um, what I make. You have more opportunities than you have hours in the day. And so you really need somebody standing outside saying, Why are you starting a software company? You know, and I'm not, but you know, somebody would stop me if I was ever tempted.
1: I like that. I don't oh. know. I might take the odds if you were gonna start one. You kind of seem to have a pretty firm grasp on what you're doing. Is your
0: whole family doing CrossFit, Chris?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And have they all have they was it ever a hard sell on your wife? No. Never. And your kids
3: do it? Kids love it and how old are your kids kids are nine and 13 and do you see them a lot yeah a lot more now there was a there was a time when avery was a baby when i was running my gym and not seeing her. i would go days of uh, being in this cycle of i'd leave at 4 a.m and i would get home at nine o'clock and she is not awake any you know outside of brutal hours. was yeah. that hard on you yeah it was rough for sure um, um but mean- now i i'm free to um really kick in a lot so i'm lucky enough to coach both of their hockey teams sponsor both their hockey teams like just we spoil them rotten so do you for do do they make the kids play hockey
0: in canada like did you make your kids play <laughs> hockey and i'm kind of I, joking but kind i of not wish one of them, them
3: would decide they didn't like to play hockey do they play any musical instruments yeah avery sings and plays guitar and Ori um plays guitar reluctantly but he likes wearing rock and roll t-shirts so
0: when do you start losing your teeth in in your like in your hockey first day that's really yeah that's how we break you in no have do any of your kids lost a (laughs) tooth or no
3: never okay They they were they were mouth guards
4: okay
0: so that doesn't happen until later in your career
3: probably less often now than it ever did. Like, unless you play for the San Jose Sharks. I mean, you guys have the ugliest hockey team in the league. <laughs> that, is was, Do we no, have that, that was bad? No, that was true. Is this a it thing? Was, like, it, it was like, a good, it was a true. good
1: diss, but completely over everybody's head in the room. Yeah. <laughs> Cause
2: no one in here gives us. Data yeah, exactly. Nobody cares. <laughs> Sean Woodland at the other end of the building. I almost went yeah. through Sharks. There's, through there's, a a, there's an, there's an
0: important, um, important part about creating authenticity and believability and credibility. And, um, I think one of the ways to do it is to share intimate details mm-hmm. of one's life so that people can, you know, see you real. It's a, it's a, tr- it's a tricky game for sure. When you share these stories about your hardship, um, wh- did your, did your wife have any pushback? You mentioned that earlier in the, in the podcast, you were talking about like, you know, just in, my, my mom was a divorce attorney and she told mm-hmm. me that more than 50% of all divorces are because of financial problems. As soon as shit gets rocky, the couple starts fighting and.
3: Bam. Yeah. Um, Did your wife have any issues with you sharing those details? No, I mean the the most intimate stuff that I would share would be like that I wasn't bringing home enough money. You know, so um, any any fights that we had back then were definitely my fault, or any pressures to do with money were definitely on me. But I think what she understood was that the trade off of her staying home with the kids was that there were eighty hours. Of work that had to be done every week, and I was just going to do them all. So um, she's always let me work as hard as I wanted to. Uh, and so when I say, you know that that there were some really tough times, uh, she knows,
0: and she, and she doesn't mind you sharing those with the public. No, but those stories are so real that they allow people to identify with you, yeah, and make and, and make you more approachable or more more of a sympathetic or someone that you'd want to deal with yeah we're um you know we're telling we have gary roberts doing season two of killing the fat man perfect and there was some talk around here like hey why are we getting into all his? you know there was some discussion amongst the staff who were working on the project why are we getting into so much of the intimate details of his life on this journey why don't we just tell his weight loss and workout but but it's important to tell those intimate details because a lot of people are going through the same exact hardship and so, so I, I think it's a it's a potent delivery mechanism, right? Yeah, I like, think
3: it's, um, I, I think it's critical too because I'm going like to ask like sperm and those, semen. It's that's important. right. It's
1: important. They need that. Oh, they okay. need that delivery. You know, you got it. Yeah, that makes sense now. They All need right. that fertility. Yeah, I think what makes yeah. you an authentic mentor, right?
3: Yeah. yeah I'm going to ask you to tell me those things. So it's not fair if I don't say it to you. Oh, so. it is like that. Oh, very it's much that so. intimate. The Oh yeah, people cry on us all the time.
2: Hey, it's tough. It's real. Yeah. yeah. Is
0: this? Are all your clients in the United States?
3: No, worldwide.
0: Um, how many countries? Do you know? Um, oh. every
3: continent. Uh, but total number of countries, I don't know, twenty to twenty-five.
0: Okay, not the cold continent.
3: What's the cold continent? Canada? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> America's the, hat. What's the (laughs) one? Antarctica. No. Yeah. I don't. Are there an affiliate? Is there an affiliate there?
2: I I I think think there's one. I think there is one. Michael Michael, Michael Dalton's. I just want
0: to keep you true to the facts. I think you're only on six continents.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, it's, it's not
3: just affiliates, right? But I might open the first one on Mars, so. Do you have any um, yeah.
0: foreign, foreign, foreign language speaking mentors? Are you doing anything like?
3: Yeah, so uh, right now joining our team is a woman who was born in Russia, who uh, grew up under Soviet rule, moved to New Zealand as soon as she could, basically. Um, she was educated as an accountant and a life coach. Amazing experience. She speaks Russian and New Zealand. English. Uh, <laughs> no, I think that's fair. New yeah. Zealand's fair. That's fair. And uh, also a guy in Belgium who's fluent in several languages. And he translates my stuff into French all the time without me even knowing it. Even though I speak French, he's way better at it than I am. Have you had
0: anyone break off from you and sort of try to rip off your, um, you know, we see that all the time in CrossFit, right? I mean, um, all the time. There's a million ripoffs out there. Have you had anyone break off from your two brain business?
3: No, um, but I do get my. Well, then you're not successful yet. I do get my content <laughs> ripped off a lot. You do, yeah. Like by who? Uh, <laughs> competitors, consultants. Yeah, but here's the thing: in the same in the same field, if you're ripping you, if they're ripping you off, mm-hmm. they are never going to pass you because they're they're placing themselves behind you, right? Right. And I'm not going to run out of good ideas. You guys are not going to run out of good ideas, uh, and so by like you know, sticking themselves in the second place position, they're never going to win that race. No. And if I'm going to compete with somebody, I want it to be the guy ripping me off instead of having a decent idea of his own.
2: You know his material. The advi- the That's advi- right. <laughs> yeah.
3: The advice you're giving to people, sorry, the
0: mentorship that you're giving to people, when I, when I think about it, I think it's just really like business stuff. Sometimes.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, it starts that way. Okay. But there's there's two there's two there's two things going on here at least but let's break it down to just two you have the the business side that's you know um your rent paying your taxes keeping the lights on and then there's your the the actual training the service you're actually providing and you know r- right now the L1 has no peer right. in that I agree and anytime someone says they're a competitor of ours or they say they're doing something different I just go back to the L1 and you can point to five places where we're already doing it you know yeah. um, I think just the the one thing that that just keeps coming to my mind is the infinite scalability and how they talk about scalability in the L1 and that's like how most of these break off gyms are they, they it's like they were absent for that part of their L1 um, <laughs> right and, and, and you know there's no one saying that you have to do CrossFit classes you could do individual or classes or two people or four people like the L1 gives you the tools to do it all that's right you need to cultivate it and practice it the same way like you can go to lifeguard training school, but you still have to do you still have to become so a lifeguard. Right. Yeah, or when you become a cop, like you don't have any practice being a cop when you become a cop. You still gotta do your first day and, and build up. This job's no different. I I feel we've really focused on well, focused isn't the right word. We don't do that in this podcast. <laughs> I feel like we've touched upon the the business side of you of advice. Yeah. Do you do any of the coaching advice? Do you ever do you ever tell them, Hey, are you sure you're teaching the air squad? or hey, do you think you need to take your L one again? Or have you considered taking your L two? or hey, you're focusing on games athletes. That's not that's not that's not where the that's not where the clients are, that's not where the reward is, that's not where the payback is. The payback is in the true miracle of CrossFit and helping um people get healthy. Like do you ever have to go down that
4: do you the, go down the ladder that, more that, that, often?
3: Um, so I will never say Tyson, you got to teach an air squad this way, but I will say maybe it's not important that she's perfect on day one because we want a 10 year client here. Not a, not somebody who feels like they've failed at CrossFit on Monday, you know? Right. You, You lost me. So for example, I think it's more important that a client finds a bright spot, a success point on day one than that they do anything perfectly well. Okay. So we'll, we'll. You want them coming time. back for day two. Exactly. That's for,
0: it for them and for you. Yeah. The worst thing you can do is turn someone off to CrossFit. Not 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 for your business, but you you you've you've turned them away from what we know for everyone could be the greatest thing in their life. Exactly.
3: So you know a lot of affiliates. I know that sounds crazy they, to
0: people out there, especially if you don't do CrossFit. I don't know why you'd be listening, but it really is. Like if you ever got turned off by CrossFit, give it another chance. Go to different affiliates. That's right. Learn on your own. I mean, you're really, really missing out. It's like turning away. I mean, I mean something's wrong with you. It,
3: yeah, but I screwed that up too, right? Like so coming in. Why? I, did
0: you ever push CrossFit away?
3: I pushed clients away. Oh, okay. So, you know, we would do like functional movement screen on day one, right? And all you're doing with functional movement screen is showing a person like you're bad at CrossFit. <laughs> so why would they come back? I mean, right okay and who who gives a shit if you can do like a lunge on a on a board with a PVC, piece of PVC over your head I don't care I mean uh, I just want you to come back tomorrow right so so we focus more on like identifying something that's good for people right or something that they're good at right and that'll bring
2: them back and your your question was really um, regarding the the, the mentor mm-hmm. the mentorship you might be offering Somebody else, right? Yeah, like, do,
0: like I'm, like yeah, I'm thinking, uh, like, I mean, well, like I'm, I'm just trying to think, like, when do you get into, like, do you ever have someone and you're like, man, that this, th- this person has all the business tools, they're just not a coach.
2: I mean, the way I see it is, it's more, they're just not.
0: Yeah, so uh, they're
3: for they're just example, not in it, or they're not in it for the right reason. Like, there are. A, a, and this is this is rare. I mean, this is the 2%, but we will sometimes see somebody come in and they'll give me, you know, all their percentages on day one. They'll tell me about the email funnel that they've sent up, you know. Um, well, but name me the five people in your noon class. What are their names and what are their dog's names? And they mm-hmm. won't know it. And we'll say, close the laptop, you know. And, and that's really su- what makes yeah. you successful. Caring you have to care, but you have to go out of your way to make sure that they know you care because if you don't, then they won't.
0: So you leave yeah. the, you leave the, the details of the coaching up to the L1. Yeah. But the broad interpersonal human interaction,
3: big picture, like you're like, hey man. Yeah. It's it's remarkable how many people need that coaching because again, we project like, well, they know how I feel about them. Right. You know? right. And then that leads to the projection of like, well, how could they ever quit my gym like I I took them out to dinner like don't they have to have sex with me now and um, you carry (laughs) now you're talking my
0: language yeah yeah (laughs) I mean
3: you carry this like emotional ledger in your brain right
0: so the other day I'm working out in the gym and it's me and three other schmoes and was I one of them probably and no no actually you weren't I don't know where you were you weren't there though you were glad I'm not one of um and and we're all and we're all doing a workout together and we're dying and Brooke ends is in there and she's doing a workout and it was wall balls and something in a box jump and dumbbell snatches, and she is, um, she's good at CrossFit. Have you ever seen her in person? Like yeah. stood next to her. I mean, she's just like, it's it's like remarkable. It's like the difference between like seeing a horse from really far away and then walking right up next to it, you can't even believe their jaw or how big their eyes are or their eyelashes or you know what I mean, their tail. Their tail whips and it's just like a profound movement. When she's in the gym working out, it's like that. She is like, she has presence and she's down there a bit. And I'm always like standoffish from her. I never say anything to her. I never say good job, good job. And then like it hit me like what you were saying. Like, cause I just take for granted that she knows she's fucking amazing and she doesn't need any fucking compliments. And then it hit mm-hmm. me too. She's just a fucking person too. Yeah. So I start cheering her on because like, that's, it's, it's like sincerely cause that's how I feel. And I know that like, Hey, she, she, she's only as good as she, she's only as good as she thinks she is. You know, we're all just relative to ourselves and everyone needs an attaboy. And it was, it's, it's, it's an important, it's an important place to be, you know, to, to remember that. We're all living with that that daily struggle of self doubt or thinking misinterpreting what people think that they already know or you know the cliche is is like make sure you tell your parents and your kids that you love them and your best friends but it's true you have to like you have to give those people those attaboy's and I think she I think she appreciated it you know what I mean I don't I don't think she was in my head going I don't need an attaboy from you you fucking schlep you know (laughs) go back to your step ups wait so you finished
1: you finished the workout before Brooke and cheered her on no no <laughs> like i was doing i was doing before. some warm-ups
4: with pvc cheering
0: her on oh, we didn't even do the same workout but she yeah, was doing okay. was like crazy but it, but it's in it's important you know like um beautiful people need to be told they're beautiful too it's not a uh it's not a gimme it's not
3: a gimme to them you know what yeah. i mean like i i think what most of us don't realize is that the the biggest struggle that our clients have with the gym is getting in the gym every single day. Uh, their their life is conspiring to keep them out of the gym. You know, the the kid is sick at home, so I'm going to stay home. The, my boss is saying, you got a deadline. And so when they do get in there, that's already a win. And my job is just make sure they like it enough to keep fighting to come in every day. Wow. And
0: so, so that's foreign to me. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's foreign to Tyson and Matt because the biggest battle isn't getting in the gym. I heard Greg say this the other day. He said, for some people, their biggest fear of not going to the gym is that they're afraid one day could turn into two days. Mm-hmm. And here at CrossFit HQ, that, I mean, we're, we're more of like that addict mentality, right? We don't want to miss a day because right. that shit can't turn into two days. Cause when you miss one day, that means you had no more buffer. That's right. No matter yeah, you what you're go. working out that next day, yeah. mm-hmm. no matter what happens. And, uh, and so, so someone like me, who let's say I were to open a gym, and someday hopefully I will, um, I, I could miss that. Yeah, I could miss the fact for them the hardest part. I can't even empathize with that because for me it's un fucking acceptable to not go there. So, right.
2: so last year and most gym
0: owners, yeah. I would guess that's why you open the gym because you because you belong Again, there yeah. every day, right? Yeah, but I yeah, think we, as we, a gym
2: owner, gym, you it. you understand that that most of your members, that's true. Yeah. Yeah.
3: What? Yeah. What he said? Yeah. Oh, yeah. good. Well, I'm gonna be a shitty gym owner then. Sorry, you were gonna tell us. We all are because we we project our own lifestyle and biases onto everyone around us. So, um, Mike uh, Workington and I last night were talking about this book called The Pumpkin Plan, and it suggests that you identify who your top clients actually are, and then you ask them like, "Why are you coming to my gym?" And uh, when I did it a year and a half ago, I was shocked. You know, th- so instead of saying Oh, it's really fun. Oh, I'm really fit. I've never felt better. My pants fit, whatever. They said I don't have to think for an hour. And this is the only place in my life where somebody tells me you did it right. And that's why they come to my gym. And so when you know, when somebody in the noon group bakes muffins for for the whole class and brings them in, you know, I don't start talking about the evils of sugar um we just kind of do a group hug and get on with our lives and what do you do you take a bite go um no. Not no no oh. i hammer them. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well you
0: eat three so that someone else doesn't have to eat there i take that bullet yeah, yeah. example. Um, <laughs> my my wife just started going um, back to an affiliate again Perfect. just had three kids and it's funny i'm, I'm taking the inventory as you're saying this of the things that she's coming home with mm. and there there are things that the coaches have said to her right and the most recent thing the coach said to her in one of the classes is whispered to her you're one of the strongest pressers we have in the class love it yeah and that's what my wife brought home to me not you should have seen the guy in my class with his shirt off or not hey the bathroom's filthy or not hey um i hate that coach it was you know that's what she brought home yeah and and that's That's cool that's a valuable data point right it's huge whisper to her something true and then my my wife it's gonna
3: my wife's gonna you know
0: That's going to get the next morning when she wakes up, she's going to want to go see that coach. That's cool.
2: That's cool.
3: That's something that I learned at CrossFit that I take to the sports that I coach for my kids. And, um, what we've seen, don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. What we've seen outside, uh, outside the gym now is we'll get waiting lists for the teams that we're coaching because that's how we coach everybody. You know, a a kid skates off the ice, they just coughed up the puck and it costs us a goal. And uh, what you're telling the kid is like, don't worry because you're the fastest skater out there. You know you're going to get that goal back, no problem. And that's that's something that I learned from coaching CrossFit. Give him something to get him get, yeah. get
1: him back on the ice. That sounds like yeah. the exact opposite of the coaching I received. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> too. <Yeah. laughs> Does that work? I, I'm, I'm
0: having trouble buying though Chris's example a little bit. Does that work? Yeah, it I, can, with I can show you. No, but she didn't. No, no, no. But she didn't fuck up. She, he coupled it with a fuck up. It's like a it's like, like a compliment like, sandwich, right? Like this yeah. one, this guy, this coach didn't walk up to Halians like you're fat and the strongest press. But don't worry, that makes you the strongest presser. <laughs> you got a you got to really stable didn't base. Happen. That's, that's right. That
2: happen. sounds like a yeah. page out of your book. Yeah, that that <laughs> I, always the the <laughs> I always start with the compliment. I always start with the compliment. Yeah, that's out of your um, book. Sorry, I confused it.
0: Chris is no, saying no, that you can. Chris is saying that he had it, he had it with a negative thing. That's right. I don't think that I don't but think what Chris said work on. I don't think that would work on me though. Like if Eric was we'll like, hey, later. if someone, if, if Eric goes, hey, man, that show is really shitty today, but don't worry. I, I think some of it was Chris's no. fault. No, I, no, that wouldn't make me say feel it is. good.
2: I could be, <laughs> you you know, say someone. I'm, I'm thinking of, what, really
1: no, but I think what you have to think of is like the, the, the relation to him losing that puck in his life. Yeah. That's the end of the world. If right. you miss a, you know, it should be. a snatch, years old. you couldn't, I mean, it's not going to ruin your day. You dropped your motorcycle. It's still there. an amazing, it's one of the most amazing Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, say it hypothetically. Yeah, say it hypothetically you dropped your motorcycle. Say so you
0: did. Chris. <laughs> I'd like to I I think you should come back. I think there's more to talk about.
1: Um, are we recording?
4: Yeah, always. <laughs> Was this it? We haven't right. talked about oh shut. I'd like to compare
0: your um your story of losing your virginity with Matt's. I think that there's probably some
1: still waiting on that day. Some
0: similarities. <laughs> I I I I I got a motorcycle it's an Africa Twin it's a I'm five foot five it's a really tall motorcycle my feet barely touched the ground and Tyson told me um that he was going to teach me how to pick the motorcycle up okay and um I said well what do you mean you're gonna teach me how to pick it up he said well bring it over here we'll lay it down on the on the rubber mats or some cardboard and I'll teach you how to pick it up and I'm like I don't need help picking it up because no it's come on let's do this I'm like dude I'm never going to drop the bike he goes, Yes, you are. This bike falls over. And he's being very humble and nice. He's not putting any of it on me. He's not like, hey, someone, you're a dipshit, you're gonna drop your bike. He's presenting it in a way like everyone drops their bike, but I'm refusing. I don't need to know how to pick it up. It's not gonna happen. Well, forty-eight hours later, I'm in downtown Santa Cruz on a busy street. Oh look, there's a oh. th- <laughs> <laughs> There's a picture. And literally I pull away from the curb and my bike goes down. <laughs> And I was probably going a half a mile an hour. I immediately snapped that photo and send it to Tyson. And he's so kind. And, you know, half my friends would have been like, I told you. Instead, Tyson types me out a detailed uh, instructions, instructions, how to, instructions how to, on how, how to pick, to pick, it, pick up. it up. But we are going to go down. Um, he, I, 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 Someone, some guy stopped in a three-piece suit and helped me pick it up. Did he sell you a three-piece membership at Gold's? <laughs> uh, he probably should have. Yeah, yeah. I tried to pick it up and I couldn't. <laughs> um, but today we're going to go downstairs and... Uh, He's Gonna give it a learn, yeah. We're gonna learn. It's great. No,
2: nobody yeah. with an adventure bike doesn't, doesn't, put, doesn't it put it down, it just it will happen, especially if you use it for what it's used for, what what it's intended for. Wait, it. that's
1: called an adventure bike, yeah.
2: Well, what, yeah. what it's what a, else? it's a, it's, they're, it's just an on, on off road motorcycle, so they're great touring bikes, but you could take them off road. Amaz- that's that's that an amazing suspension.
0: bike. You should try that bike. It's an automatic, yeah. They're a lot of fun. cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sponsors hey we I got, do
2: need to have chris back because he i only got one of of my questions answered
0: you started the show today being like i'm not coming on i talk too much
2: i do i i i, I reviewed one of the last shows and i was like man you heart, shut up you over hardly there. talk at all um
0: it's relative man it's relative uh, yeah
2: hey, uh, hey yep. I, I gotta be honest though his books like they really spoke to me as an affiliate owner um a former affiliate owner um I made every mistake in the book and I struggled as an affiliate owner to, to be profitable, to, to, to make owning an, um my gym, something that was sustainable. When I, when I first discovered, and I, I've known Chris for years <laughs> and somehow I missed, I didn't know about the mentorship program. I didn't, I didn't know about the books until when did I first talk to you about it? It was a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago. I was when I first discovered.
0: Do they come in audiobooks? Yeah,
2: yeah, that's that's. And I'm
0: I'm reading them. Oh so wow, the silky. How tones. is
3: that? Oh, it's is that great. is that, that how? That's how actually is how that? I
2: listen to. Uh, uh, Are you starstruck? What's the latest? The latest one. Help first. Help first. Yeah. What was the audio? Are you starstruck a little bit when you hear his voice? Close your eyes. <laughs> no, <laughs> not, not. I, oh, I've known anymore. <laughs> I've known the guy for. A, I've known the guy for a long time. So um,
0: how is that recording the audiobook? You you go to a studio and there's a director and a producer there and they're like, do that again, do that again, do, no. It's a phone. Wow, an
2: iPhone.
0: Oh, don't tell me that. You just listen. You're telling me this gonna, podcast system here is more sophisticated than your audiobook recording ten thousand times.
1: We can edit that out. Wow. Oh, we get we get more is,
0: complaints than you do. By the way, the Mike Tyson's on. Someone complains every I show. Know. I, I told, the Mike Tyson's on. That's like that's Eminem lyrics. That was pretty good. That the Mike pretty good. Tyson's
2: on. Anyway, sorry. That was pretty good. I told Eric before we started. <laughs> as this isn't working this mic sucks damn if it's not dan bailey it's me it's not me have you ever sat in this chair
1: yeah the last time the audio was all messed up chris did you have fun yeah this was
0: great do you think this impeded your credibility at all being on this
4: show
1: no
3: not at all
1: okay i've got one more question i think it's on everybody's mind is your wife allowed to buy the expensive cheese again oh yeah so this summer when i was speaking in chicago
3: she bought a cottage Cut, cottage cheese no <laughs> <An actual> cottage. <laughs> cottage. About cottage. without telling you well so i got this text on say friday morning and it was like i'm gonna go look at this cottage and then Who on, uses the word cottage well we actually say camp in canada but in wow. in the states nobody says i don't want it to sound like it's this like tent no one says cottage though either you it's a, we call it a cabin Okay, we got a cabin. Is it is
0: it a home away from home? It's in the mountains yeah, that you would go with your family, and like there's a, someone like an acre down the road, and your boy that would be his first kiss, the girl who lives there, that kind of shit. I I don't
3: <laughs> I know. think of like like I'm like trying to understand. Snow? No, it's, so it's, I think a, it's a, a cabin. Cabbage. So it's, there's a, it,
0: like you burn wood in there. It's yeah. kind of off the grid. Oh no, it's fully wired. It's
3: it's a house. Yeah.
0: Right, right, but I mean, it's like like it's got septic,
3: absolutely, and a well. Yeah,
0: that's what I mean by off the grid. Yep. Like. Okay. Yeah. So you got a cabin. We'll help you with that. We'll translate this for you. Yeah, you come on up. Yeah. You have a cabin. Yeah, Your she, wife bought a cabin. She bought
3: it while I was away. Yeah. So, she, she's not too worried about cheese anymore. Do I you like it. do you like it? I love it. Have yeah. You, this, ha, have you been? Yeah, many times. This it's on an island. Um uh big ocean freighters that come up the St. Lawrence Seaway to go to Chicago have to pass through this incredibly narrow strait uh right in front of it. So, you know, we're just a couple hundred feet away from these huge ocean cool liners. It's crazy. Yeah. Do
0: you Airbnb in the off season? No.
3: No, but you're welcome to come up. I just won't charge you. Nice. <laughs>
0: yeah. We'll ride our adventure bikes there. How do you get to the island? Ferry?
3: Uh, no, there's a bridge now. Oh, okay. Yeah. When my dad was a kid, it was a ferry, but um, yeah, so it's about 50 miles around. There's amazing cycling. There's a mountain in the middle that everybody climbs on their bike. and Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Right. Accessible in the winter? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. We cross-country ski. there all...
0: Dave and Dan are riding their bikes to Alaska. Their motorcycles.
2: Wow, that's crazy.
1: That is awesome. That How is long crazy. does that take?
2: Six thousand miles.
0: Oh, oh, it's, it's, it's an overnight trip. I was going to say if it's, it's an, an overnight Dave, trip at the for hell? Dave, it's six thousand miles. That's six days.
1: Wow. So you've got to do six thousand reps in the workout that's, when you get that's there.
2: That's why. That's why Dan was the only one
4: invited. <laughs> the rest of the, uh, the Moto Tour.
1: <laughs> you were invited. I wasn't invited. No, I
2: was. I was. I don't know <laughs> if that was sincere or not, but I'm already planning. I'm already preparing.
4: Thank yeah. you, Chris. My pleasure. Thank that you. That was awesome. That I was think. good. Thanks. I think that was really really good. Yeah, good man. Thanks.